Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everyone. I'm Sean Callahan, And I'm Mark Shank. And like most things at this time, we're doing different, doing this differently than we would normally do. Sean and I are recording this on Zoom. So it's the first time we haven't been face-to-face uh, practicing our social distance, or of course, our physical distancing uh, in recording this episode of the podcast. Yeah, no, it is a bit unusual and uh, it's sort of, today I got an email from a customer and he said, it's business as unusual, not business as usual anymore, just business as unusual. So I think it's so true, but yeah. I guess at this time it's, it's really thinking about all our listeners and customers and, and friends and family are just going through tough times, you know, dealing and trying to adapt to what's going on. Uh, business has been, you know, closed down by, now, government rules and things like that, we're sort of seeing a massive change, aren't we, Mark? Yeah, yeah. And I really want to acknowledge all those people, health workers on the front line, not only uh, taking tremendous risks, but making personal sacrifices as well, you know, keeping away from families and, uh, and, and uh, to, to continue doing their job. So lots and lots of the world's changed. It's the, yeah. the world that it's we are here. It's such a short time. Yep. <laughs> But we, we've, there's been a little bit of a hiatus in our recording of, of this podcast. We Apologies for that, you know. As you can imagine, you know, sort of trying to work things out and working out what we're up to. But here we are. We're, we're doing it the new way over the Zoom, Zoom call. And we're you know, taking a slightly different approach to the episode today. We're going to show you a couple of different types of story approaches for, you know, leaders in this uncertain time right? And how do you deal with something like COVID-19? How do you talk about it in a way that's beneficial for those around you? So that's, that's our purpose for the day. And uh, we'll have, and you know, we'll tell the stories as we normally do. And we'll have a bit of a conversation around, you know, what we like about them and, and, and how they could be even better. Uh, so similar sort of stock there, but a slightly different arrangement, I think. Now, yeah. what do you reckon, Mark? Should we, um, Shall we get into this idea of social proof? What do you reckon? Yeah, so let's, let's start with that. So, of course, Mark and I, we've been very aware of uh, Robert Cialdini's work uh, from way back when, uh, you know, he wrote that classic book called Influence. Uh, and in that, he set out a series of things that, you know, will have an impact on people's behaviour. And one of them is that, we are very impact. We're very much impacted by uh, what other people do. Right. The classic example is if you walk into an elevator, uh, no, into a lift, and everyone in that lift is facing to the back of the lift. And they've done these little experiments to prove this. There's a good chance that you will face the back of the lift as well. Right. We're just so influenced by all the people around us. Right. Um, and so this it really starts to give us a, a bit of an insight into what you do with, I guess, uh, the types of stories you tell. Mike, you must have seen some of the, what's some of the good behaviour we've seen out there or behaviour that is the sort of behaviour we're after in this world of uh, you know, trying to avoid uh, COVID-19. Anything spring to mind? Well, I went for a walk along the beach yesterday and... Uh, well, I guess fortunately it's a, it's a very large beach, but there were hundreds of people out walking uh, as, yeah, because the residents all walk and 
there was lots of hellos, but all all from a, a, a safe two, two meter distance. Uh, two meter distance hellos. Past. Yep, and uh, I I saw a, a group of people, uh, well, I don't know, early thirties, obviously friends. They were standing. There was five of them. They were standing in a circle, and they were having a conversation. But they were all standing. Uh, 1.5 meters apart and uh, it was it was really interesting to see that walking along the beach and there's a circle of people having a conversation and they were there for a goodly amount of time all observing the social distancing perfect now what mark's just illustrated is just how you can tell a couple of simple little stories about things that are working because our what would you say our tendency is to tell stories of things that are not working we are so um, I don't know, sort of, what would you say, bent towards telling the bad story as opposed to the good story, right? So yeah, how well, many times... Back to that, yeah, go ahead. That Brian Boyd thing about uh, it's safer to mistake a twig for a snake than a snake for a twig. And so we're always looking for the thing that could be a snake. Yeah, that's right. And, so it, we tell, and it tends to dominate. Yeah. So one of the things that you know, going back to Cialdini work, he sort of said, if you want to change people's behavior, you've got to show them what they need to do, right? You have to give them the social proof that other people are doing it. Uh, whereas if you sort of say, oh, everyone's me on the beach and they're all hugging and kissing and, you know, close and, and whatnot, people go, oh, well, maybe it is okay to go out on the beach and do that, right? This is the, the underlying almost like psychological message that you get. Um, so these little little anecdotes. So I want I want leaders to do more of that, to be able to find the things that are working, and share those stories. I saw our um, in here in Victoria and in Australia, our chief medical officer, Doctor um, Doctor Sutton, um, uh, Brett Sutton. He was uh, going down into one of our you know we don't call them subways in. What do we call them in Melbourne? We just call them the train station, don't we? Anyway, <laughs> the underground. Uh, the underground, anyway. The, the city loop. Down, oh. That's right. He's going down the underground and, um, and took a photo of the you know, long escalator that goes down into the underground. And there wasn't a single person there. And he, was, he's, he sort of just made a comment on his Twitter and sort of said, isn't it great that so many people are adhering to the stay-at-home idea you know, I'm very proud of what Victorians are doing at the moment. And to me, that's exactly the type of story that we want leaders to tell. Seeing situations that are working and, and, and making comment on them, making an observation. And doesn't, as you can see, they don't have to be big things. These are little anecdotes, right? Yeah, tiny little things. And in, as we're, we're doing this, I'm reminded of the, the California petrified forest story. Um, and how how influenced we are by social proof. And so they put up a sign trying to prevent people from taking pieces of the petrified forest. And the original sign said, last year, uh, three tonnes of petrified forest were removed by people who were visiting. And at this rate, the forest will be gone in 50 years. And their intention was that people would stop. But what happened was that more people took petrified forest because that sign gave social proof that taking yeah that a lot of people take the uh, the petrified wood, and I better get I better get mine while there's still a chance. So true. That's so true. And so they changed the sign, 
to something that was much more uh, emotionally intelligent, um, yeah. where the social proof was 99% of people who, vis who visited here last year uh, took photos only. And uh, because of this, the forest is going to be here forever. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's a nice little experiment. So, okay. So given that, it's just an idea for stories, right? They're all around you, uh, these examples. Make a mental note of them, uh, jot them down, and then recount them with your colleagues so that it's pretty clear what you, what you think is important and, and it really gives an insight into what really needs to be done. So I guess that's our, that's our first story. It's almost like a story pattern for you to uh, look out for. Yeah, and importantly, they just don't have to be big things, right? Tiny little things. Well, what were you saying, Sean, about going, you were going to the shop yesterday? Tell me about that one. Going to the shop yesterday. I don't know. What did I do at the shop yesterday? Remind me. <laughs> <laughs> it, had, it involved a football. Oh, yes. Oh, that's right. So uh, I was just waiting at the red light and I saw uh, four young fellas, uh, probably around 15 or 16. Uh, one had a football in, in his hands. They were clearly going down to the Oval for a bit of a kick, but they were all adhering to the social distancing uh, requirements about two meters apart and I just just thought I just looked at that and I thought there you go you know young folk doing the right thing still enjoying themselves getting out in the sun um, but adhering to the current rules you know that could change of course I think it's just changed it's just changed as of yesterday I think you only have two people who can do that now before it was 10 so you know but it was good it was great to see someone you know, yeah. doing that yeah, and and just those tiny little things, if you notice them and and stick them into your story bank, they can be really useful illustrations of what you want to see people doing more of. Yeah. And so I guess we're using those couple of examples, you know, on the beach and then the, the kids with the football. But when you see somebody in your organisation doing something that you think is good that you want to see more of, notice it. What's this old saying? Catch people doing the right thing. Yeah. Actually, there's something to, to make a quick note of about all these stories, right? And that you could easily, and this would be a mistake, say, oh, I saw uh, four guys, four young fellas uh, offer a, a kick and they all kept to the social distancing. It was fantastic, right? There's not enough in that little statement for the listener to really picture it, you know, I sort of said, oh, you know, they're about 15 or 16. One had a footy in his hand and, you know, they, I was stopped at the lights and, you know, and they so all this just helps the listener picture what I'm seeing. Like when Mark was sort of saying those people standing on the beach, you know, all chatting to each other, you know, um, in a circle, all of a sudden you can see that little image. And this is the, that's the essence of good storytelling, even if it's a small story. How do you say a few things that just make it, um, make an image appear in the mind's eye for the listener? Yeah. In fact, that's one of the, the really simple but important things about all aspects of storytelling. It's just you don't need to have too much detail, just enough so that the, the person who's listening has the opportunity to get a little picture of what it is and you've got an effective story. Yeah, yeah. So we had another story that you were telling me about before, uh, Mark, and it'd be good to share that. And it's, this is a more of the traditional story that we would tell in this, in this podcast, mm. right? 
Yeah, and I guess if you want people to change your, their behaviour to adopt something new, then giving an example of of using a story is a really powerful way to do that. So one of the things that happened uh, in Australia is that, uh, and across the world, is that gatherings were prohibited. And uh, over time, the, the, the size of the gathering has got smaller and smaller. Uh, initially, the government announced that there was to be no public gatherings of more than 500 people. And that announcement cut down uh, a whole bunch of activities, uh, such as you know, the uh, football, uh, parades, uh, uh, nightclubs, you know, that sort of thing. And you can do that. And and if you use a story, yeah, you can amplify the impact of why that's important. And one that you could use, well, potentially, um, uh, this occurred back in 1918. And uh, the Spanish flu, which... Uh, purportedly started in Spain, uh, w was taking over Europe, millions of people infected, and it reached the shores of the US and, and apparently uh, uh, some you know, returning military people uh, were bringing the uh, bringing Spanish flu back. And there was the uh, cities across the US were holding parades for, it was like Liberty Bonds parades something most of the of the u.s cities cancelled these parades because they realized that getting people together wasn't a good idea uh given the the transmission of spanish flu but philadelphia said no 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 we're going to go ahead and they had their 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 uh, liberty bonds parade and very soon after well philadelphia were one of the um, most badly affected u.s cities from from the spanish flu and a big part of it was because they made the decision not to, well, they made the decision to proceed. We'll be okay. So folks, yeah. and then you need to take this stuff seriously. Yeah. I mean, dipping into history is fantastic, isn't it? I mean, there are just so many examples like that you can tell and obviously tell as a story um, uh, that, you know, help, help to make that point. What do you reckon would make, that story an even better story. Uh, something's just sprung into my mind. Um, the, filled up, the Philadelphia story? The Philadelphia one, yeah. Far away. You'd have to find out whether this happened or not, right? But it'd be having a, a thread through that story, which is about an individual, right? Yes, the mayor of Philadelphia, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, or even a return serviceman, you know, uh, Jack Davies, mm -hmm. and uh, he returned, he, he, he marched in the parade and he died two weeks later. And, but he was, he was sort of case zero or something. You know, like yep. anything that you could build up a little bit more of a human element and zooming right down into the pain or whatever, the death. And we know that death stories have a, an enormous impact on humans. Um, because we want to avoid death. So it's good to know about those stories. But I think if we, if that, that could actually be another, of course, you've got to find it. It's got to be in the, in the history book somewhere. Right. But I bet you anything, there's something like that out there. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. And, and one of the things about this, you know, the use of story is sometimes you need to put your journalist hat on and do that research need to go digging in. Uh, you ask yourself the question, what would be of interest to the listener and, or, or the, the, the audience and go and find the details. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a, um, a good example of that just oh, a couple of days ago. Somebody shared, a, 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 I think it was a radio announcer, describing patient 31 in Korea. And her name, she'd, she'd arrived in Korea on this date. Uh, later that morning, she went to church and shows she was exhibiting zero, zero symptoms. And then she went to something else and then she met with her family and there was a wedding. And then the next Sunday she was in church and she was still showing no symptoms. And then the following Wednesday she started showing. Anyway, and then she was recorded as patient 31. 60% of Korea's uh, COVID-19 uh, infections were traced back to patient 31. Is so, right? and, <laughs> but the detail was fantastic. Yeah. Um, really drove home the importance of uh, the importance of social distancing and why the the the, the measures need to be put in place uh, and and the somebody could uh, uh, transmit or uh, contaminate others uh, without any knowledge without any symptoms themselves. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very powerful point. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that, that that guy had lots of detail, much more than the Philadelphia story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I was also thinking about, which is really important for everyone at the moment is to um, be mindful of the stories that you're hearing, because of course there are the stories out there that are patently, well, not patently untrue or untrue, but they appear very true when you hear them. Right. Very plausible. Um, and yeah, very plausible stories. So that's why we have to have our uh, no, sort of skeptics hat on a little bit and, think about where the sources are and who's telling the story and for what purpose and all that, because it wouldn't be too hard to be led astray. I think with a, with a, a well-told story, right? Yeah. Uh, on uh, where I was out on, I was out walking, maybe running on Saturday evening and my son texted me and uh, Dad, uh, be prepared. Uh, Victoria's going into uh, complete lockdown from midnight on uh, Sunday night. Um, this is from a reliable source. Right. Okay. And wasn't so reliable. <laughs> wasn't so reliable at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and but so it's amazing. Just... It's amazing how quickly though we we uh, make connect the dots to build our own little story that something's reliable. I know that uh, in our family, we heard a story that we were told came from um, a friend who worked in a hospital in Brisbane, right? So just the fact that they, they could have been the, the floor sweeper for all we know, but they worked <laughs> in a hospital uh, and, and they said that it was one of the things you needed to do was to drink Listerine, not drink, gargle Listerine because it kills the germs in your mouth and throat and that will stop the uh, virus from getting down into your chest. By the way, this is total bullshit. <laughs> Everyone knows this. But, you know, for a moment there, you know, we're thinking, Jesus, I mean, how do you get hold of Listerine? You know, maybe we should get some Listerine. And then with a little bit of more, you know, looking around, you realise the whole Listerine thing was just a... Uh, you know, a story that people are hanging on to, um, which has little factor in it, if you like. Um, well, it's interesting that you said that everyone knows that it's BS, but, not, you know, it's very plausible. And I'd be surprised if, if I'd be surprised if, if everybody knew that. 
Um, well, that's what I'm saying that, you know, you can link together a story and if it's sort of, if it clicks together things that you know about germs, uh, it's in your mouth, it's trying to get, these germs are trying to get down into your chest. That seems like a, a, something that can create a barrier, but it turns out all the germs in your mouth, all the ones that were normally there, the good germs, they actually help stop baddie, pat, bad pathogens getting into your lungs, right? So by killing them off with a, you know, it's like a genocidal uh, sort of Listerine through your, um, you know, all the germs in your mouth, you're killing off all the good ones as well as the bad ones. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Stuff like yeah. That. So, so it's easy to have something that sounds plausible, but is uh, uh, just complete rubbish. Um, yeah. I want to go back to the Philadelphia story and talk about another thing with, with story because um, relevance is very important. And so if, if a politician in Australia used that Philadelphia example, potentially the listener might go, yes, 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 but that's not relevant to us. That was Philadelphia. Um, and so uh, always be thinking, does this story, you know, is the context appropriate to use this story? Because that's one of the things that people will judge your story by. Is it relevant? Yeah, that's right. And and it's almost like this circle of relevance. You know, if you could find, if you were, if you were the mayor of Philadelphia now, that would be a kick-ass story, right? Uh, but as you move outside, next thing you know, you're the mayor of uh, um, San Francisco. Well, it's in America, but God, Philadelphia is very different to California, right? Um, so there's that. And it's, the more you move away from it, the, 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 least re- the less relevant it becomes. Yeah. Yeah, that's not to say that geography is, you know, is always going to be a barrier. No. It's just, just, it just raises the issue that test for relevance. Yeah. And then you don't really know too until you try it out. You sort of have to try these things out and sort of just see how they land. And, um, you know, if it lands well, well, start small and build from there, I would say. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And just be, yeah. And, and what, yeah, what you just said there is really important, the testing for relevance, because don't rely on your own judgment because you know your perspective might not be everyone else's and and so just you know do the testing ask a few people and if if you get a a couple of people go i don't think that'll work listen to them i'm I'm reminded of that uh that story about when i was uh when i was in the air force sean uh, um, not letting the general's wife on, on on an aircraft and and uh how i i i think that's a great story (laughs) <laughs> and I've never been able to get it to work. And I really just need to take the feedback from people that that story doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. When we get together with Mark for a beer one time, when you're in Australia, uh, he'll tell you the story. But it'll probably yeah. take one or two beers before he does uh, that. It's definitely more than one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we should wrap things up. Um, we've, we've shared with you like two patterns, if you like, for stories. One out of history, one out of your day-to-day uh, using that social proof idea and uh, hopefully that will arm you to uh, be able to share some helpful stories in this time of uncertainty and craziness that's going on at the moment. Um, so build up based on the positive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at the moment, people are having to go through enormous change and you can help them by using those examples that illustrate that others are being successful or that illustrating the sorts of behaviors that you want people to see or, or highlighting as a, as a leader, as a communicator, those sorts of things can make a much bigger difference than you might think just by giving people those examples. 
I mean, we're having the same experience uh, here at Anecdote, uh, having to do lots of change and uh, dealing with a situation where things are rapidly evolving. Um, yeah. And we're seeing our clients adapt. And again, the social proof thing, some of our clients have been uh, uh, embracing our online programs. And the more of our clients that are doing it, the more of our clients that are doing it. Okay? So that kind of social proof uh, of the changing behavior will also, yeah, it's also very important. Yeah, that's good. Okay, guys, well, let's wrap that up. Uh, thanks again for listening to Anecdotally Speaking. And yeah, we'll tune in next time for another episode on how to put stories to work. Bye for now.